What's up, techies? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Dear Tech World. I'm your co-host, Adora. And I'm your co-host, Eric. All right. So as promised, we are bringing back our Techie Talk series where we invite guests to join the conversation. So stay tuned to hear who. All right. So today we have none other than Antoinette Miller. She is also, well, actually first, um, what are your pronouns, by the way? Because I don't want to butcher that going into this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm super open with that. So literally anything. Okay, 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 nice. All right, so Antoinette Miller here. We have her. She's also known as I Am IT Training on Instagram, YouTube, and literally if you just search anywhere on the internet, you can find her for sure. Um, Antoinette is also the director of knowledge and training and the founder of I Am IT Training, so we love it. We love to see it. Um, also, Antoinette has helped motivate you know people become interested in getting their certifications through blog posts, YouTube videos, and many other ways. So I'll pass it back to Adora. All right. So Antoinette, um, how did this certification program come about? Sure. So I had been training for almost a decade in different certifications, and I had an amazing opportunity to transfer from the corporate and Department of Defense type world into a nonprofit. And I noticed that there was a massive need for training for our youth, and it we didn't have any exposure there, especially in your classic underserved neighborhoods where everybody's looking up to athletes and musicians. I went into a high school in Memphis, Tennessee, and they had never heard of cybersecurity. And these are six figure positions that these students are totally able to make happen without necessarily dropping six figures on college, waiting four years and going through some of those more traditional paths. They'd never heard of certifications. Their instructors, their principal, the people who I talked to, they didn't know that this world existed. Um, She kind of shocked me for a bit. Yeah, that's pretty shocking. (laughs) Yeah, I went on LinkedIn and I actually just stopped all the people of color in Memphis that were in tech positions, networking engineers, cybersecurity engineers, pen testers. And I asked them, can you come into these career days? Can you come sit with these kids and just tell them about your lifestyle, tell them about like a day on the job and how you got into it. And luckily that was very well received because I was literally just any stranger that was darker than me. I'm like, hey, I need you for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And IMIT was really born from that. It was a need that I didn't really know how to pour into, to be honest. I had been teaching certification, so I knew that was an avenue, but I needed mentors. I needed people to give them an idea of what this could look like. And it was a beautiful community-based effort. And it has grown into, we now serve, I'd say about 10 states that we work with high schools, t- small nonprofits, and nationwide nonprofits, um, um, as well as we still do adult education and higher and cybersecurity training. But the core focus and where it was born was how do we get high schoolers certified so that they're marketable, they're competitive, and they can turn that into cash money from sure. graduation instead of having to you know, spend four years. And college is great. And I encourage all of them to go back to college, but they can do internships in the meantime. Um, if they're not college bound, they still deserve a future. And we wanted to open up different pathways for them. Right. Nice. Um, well, I think that's really good in terms of that you say that, you know, even if they're not college bound, because 
we do know like privilege in the United States is like especially that a lot of people may not have the same resources or the same abilities to go to college or even community college and they still need to you know make that effort to get you know cash money they want to succeed as well we want to see people like us succeed especially you know we're in Black History Month right now we definitely want to see a lot of people succeed um and uh, okay so we want to ask so like what are the methods like that you teach like with this trifecta that we call you know education human networking experience like what are the methods that you teach absolutely so covid obviously huge shift we're all online now yeah. but <laughs> we've really tried to incorporate still being able to utilize tools i mean we're in technology right so we should be able to be familiar utilize this be innovative with it and still build a quality candidate, no matter where they're headed. And once they get into an internship or job, then we're always trying to push them. Hey, let's get you connected with a company that's then going to pay for your future education, whether it's more certs or send you into college where we want you to go right. uh, and make <laughs> that future. So when you refer to the trifecta, that's really education. So getting the certifications, getting the knowledge, getting the classroom time and then getting experience. So whether internship, entry-level job, just even volunteer work, projects, might be a two or three week project that they work with with another company or volunteer for. And then it's human networking, right? Who you know opens all the doors. That's forever been the case and it will still be as we go forward. So ensuring that they have a LinkedIn profile, teaching them types of introductory verbiage, uh, making sure that they're comfortable having those conversations. And my specialty is definitely in the classroom. Um, so I, I try and know where I'm good and impart those skills on our students. So in the class experience, I'm always looking for them to lead some conversations that builds up their confidence and really hones in on their communication. We provide a lot of real life scenarios that they need to work through in class. So they have a little bit of experience that they can take into the conversation when they're interviewing, when they're talking to other people <clears throat> in their industry, and they have that, that, that confidence in the conversation because how you present yourself and how you speak to your knowledge, even if you're still building knowledge, that's what's gonna open a door for an opportunity. You can still be in class and eligible to go turn that into money. Right. Wow, I, really, I really loved how you just mentioned like the really importance of human networking and just really teaching you know young people to really build that confidence because that's definitely something I even struggle with myself, you know? And I just want to like know like how do you how do you exactly like go about figuring out what's the best way to build confidence for people who have like imposter syndrome and feel like they're not really belonging in the space that they're in. Oh my goodness. I feel like I have slowly gone through that 10 different times in my career as I hit <laughs> different levels or reach different companies and it's all about knowing for me it, there's a couple bullet points. One it's okay not to know something. And usually you don't hear that from an instructor or in an interview. Uh, it's all about how you say IDK. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you say it with, that's a really good question. Here's a little bit about what I do know, like in the range of that term or that question. But to be honest, that's part of what I'm studying right now. And I'm really excited to learn more. 
Um, recently I can share, I was interviewing with Amazon and for anybody who's ever looked into that or experienced that, it's a pretty intense process. (laughs) Yeah, it's a huge company. I was excited. I'm like, there's this great opportunity to come on board with them for awesome project. I interviewed, I went through lots of levels of interviews and I can't tell you how many times they asked me a question that was so out of my scope. And I Mm. would constantly tell them, Honestly, I love working with people who know how to answer that in a much better way than I do. But to be honest, my specialty is here. So I'll share with you what I do know. Uh, We'll have a laugh about how incredibly wrong I am. And then I'm going to Google that and I'll know in 24 hours what you're asking. And they seemed very open to it. Um, I explained a couple things. I said, I think this is what this is. Or I've worked with a team that was really good at that. And they, they appreciated it. They came back with really good feedback. I did not get the job. Let's be transparent. Uh, <laughs> but it was a great experience for me to really use those skills and polish my interviewing. Um, and it's all about connecting with the audience, right? So yeah. you don't have to know everything in tech. Um, there's nobody who knows everything in tech. It's still growing. Tech is still in its growth pattern. There are boundaries that we have not pushed yet. So if you ever meet somebody who knows everything in technology, uh, they're probably not the best person to have in your circle because that arrogance will work you out of a position no matter how long you've been in the industry. Right. That is very true. I was going to add on to that. I kind of like the fact that like during that interview, you kind of switched it up because a lot of the people, we do lack some type of self-confidence in ourselves when we are interviewing or when we feel like this imposter syndrome comes on because we may just like, like close up, get quiet and feel like we have nothing else to say. And I really do like um, appreciate for you saying that because it gives a lot of people um, to build up their self-esteem to, you know, shift that conversation and say, oh, this is what I do know. Even if I don't know that, I will, you know, search it up later, like you said. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all controlling the conversation when Mm. it's, we are always feeling judged in an interview. It's because they're judging us. That's what it's for. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's it's not a it's not a feeling that we're all comfortable with. But you have to remember that you're also there to judge them. You're mm. there for the experience that they are going to give you. You are there for the opportunity that they have. You're there for the potential paycheck that they're going to give you. Mm. So it is both sides. Um, A lot of that also at the end of every interview, you should be asking them questions, Mm -hmm. Uh, but try and balance the conversation throughout the experience. They're there to get information from you, but you're there to get to know them as well. Right. And, you know, just as you said, like, even if you don't get the job or you don't get the interview or whatever may happen, like we all have our own unique path, you know, to how we, whatever defines success for us. And actually, I also wanted to ask you, um, could you actually talk more about your consulting series, Pathways to Tech? Because I remember you did mention that um, to us earlier. Absolutely. So it's way too many times. I would say more times than not, especially with career changers. They do not feel like they have the ability to come into a technology career. And mm. I am here to shout loud as possible to everybody. Anyone can come into technology. It is way too broad (laughs) for there not to be a spot for you, whether you are a cashier at a supermarket, if you were stocking shelves at a warehouse, you can come into tech. 
Um, and you also probably know a whole heck of a lot more about technology than you're aware of. If you have kids at home and you've set up a PlayStation or an Xbox, we call that workstation implementation, right? You have set up hardware. If you have factory reset your phone because it wasn't working or had to reinstall apps, you have done software troubleshooting. Now you might feel like that's a stretch, but if we can work on how much experience you really do have and what type of soft skills you have, then I can start helping you formulate a plan on how to kick the door down into an awesome tech position. So I have a consulting series that focuses on just that. We sit and talk about what is your real experience in the past? How can we combine that with some soft tech experience that you have? And let's look at where the training gaps are or the gaps are that we can train you and what type of jobs you're going after. Um, I work with a lot of nurses that as obvious, they're burnt out and they're like, I just, I need to breathe again. I need to transfer out of the emergency room or out of a clinical space. And I know that technology is going to equal how much they're making and the type of lifestyle, but not necessarily the same stresses. And they don't think that they have tech experience. Nurses and medical workers have so much tech experience. All the software that they've been working with is incredibly specialized. Um, they have the, they understand that things go wrong. They understand some of those billing and procedures. So to just take you from the operating room or the emergency room or the waiting room and putting you into a tech space where you're probably working from home. It's very simple. Let's get yeah. you some different certs and let's take your knowledge and market you on a, in a different board and different part of Indeed, get some keywords updated. You're still coming over 60 to 80,000 to start and upwards from there, depending on your skills. Nice. Uh, and, and that goes the same. We've had kids that have been changing tires and flipping burgers there's a place in tech for everybody. I like that. I was going to um, continue rolling with that. So what do you think is the main reason for, you know, those people within like your cult consulting series, what do you think the main reason is that like it takes them forever to start? Like, what do you think like their main excuses? Like, I don't feel like it, you know, I have to worry about all these things like kids or school. Like, what do you think the main reason is? Adulting is a nah. real issue, right? <laughs> um, and it's a lot of people, to be honest, are scared and they don't have the exposure. And I notice that a lot, especially in some of the groups that I'm in on Facebook and LinkedIn, they're asking all the time, do you know anybody who's gone from industry A into tech? And I'm like, yeah, I work with people like that all the time. Or some of my best instructors or consultants that I work with came from banking, retail, warehouse, they didn't come from tech. I did not have a tech background. I did not go to college for technology. Um, I still have not gone to college for technology. I have 31 certifications now and I've built my entire wow. career on certs alone. Um, I did go to college for something very different before I came into the tech world, but I have not utilized that degree in a very long time. So I can tell you from personal experience being a career changer, it's totally possible. Uh, but I've never seen somebody when I was a student who looked like me in technology. Everything mm. I watched online was Bill Gates, Professor Messer, you know, everybody looked exactly the same and nobody <laughs> looked like me. So as you and I and all of us infiltrate the world as we should with our heads held high and big goals, we are allowing other students 
of tech to see us. And it is not age specific. We're talking middle schoolers, high schoolers. I have students that are 40, 50, 60 years old. They just, they need to know that our community has a huge place. They have a dominant place to be taken in technology. Right. Well, I'm going to say hats off to you for being, you know, one of the trailblazers for, you know, being a career shifter for sure. Like, yes, like hats off to you. <laughs> now, with certifications, like I know, like a lot of people, you know, know about them, but what do you feel like are like the do's and don'ts? Are there anything like people should know about certifications? Oh, that's a big question. I could go on too long. So I'll give a couple of <laughs> top points. Um, There are hundreds of certifications. You do not need all of them. Honestly, I don't need all 30 of mine. I'm an instructor, so it's good to have this big portfolio, but I really focus on about 10 of them in the classroom, and you can get a job with one. My first tech job came when I was only halfway through my first one. And so you do not have to necessarily have your big achievement milestone of getting your certification before you start applying for opportunities. Um, And I think that's something that's not well known across the education world or the tech world. My first tech job was a tech writer. I hated it, would not be (laughs) It's not for my personality, but Mm -hmm. I got that after I tested for the first half of my CompTIA A+, but was still studying for the second half. Um, Another thing to know is that it's actually common, and I would suggest changing jobs pretty often when you first come into technology, which sounds so weird because we always want that perfect resume of I've been there five years, I've been there three years. Man, I had three tech jobs in my first six months in tech. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really beneficial because I was being exposed to different types of technology and systems, which meant I could always go into my next interview saying, I've worked on 10 different systems, or Mm. I've seen four different uh, hardware implementations and three different LMS systems, or I could really bring so much more experience, even though it was in a short period of time. Um, To align those two points, my first job came halfway through my A+. Mm. My second tech job came uh, when I completed my A+, and started studying for my Net+, and I got a $10,000 raise between those two. My third tech job came after I was done with my Net+, studying for my Security+, and that came with a $15,000 raise. So I went from unemployed to half-certified, at about 35 grand a year. And then I took my very first cert and transferred into about 45. And then I took my third cert and transferred into, I think it was 67. Um, and that was all in a six month time frame. Um, that may not be everybody's experience. I would say it's honestly very unique. I was unemployed, so I didn't have adulting staring at me. Um, mm-hmm. My home life was super simple. All I did was eat, sleep, study. So <laughs> it depends on what you have going but it is totally possible. Right. Right. Oh, well, well, would you say like, just a quick question, would you say that, for example, on a resume standard, it would be more favorable for the company here that you have like two years or more experience in like, let's say a programming language compared to like all these certs to just show that you are of course qualified in whatever that certification is? I love how you presented that because you said like, <laughs> knowing a programming language, which is money, or Mm -hmm. having all these certs, 
which is money. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, either direction you go, to be honest, it's all about how you present it. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I did not put dates on those tiny little positions. Oh, that okay. <laughs> I listed them under contract work and experience in general. So I was really wow. hiding behind that one of them lasted about two months and one of them lasted about a month uh -huh. and a half. And I was heading into my third one um, because that, that can be questioned in a very negative way depending on how your interviewer perceives it. So you can really have some flux in tech in regards to listing your experience. So you can just list the languages that you're familiar with um, and then let them ask you about the proficiency, right? So how long have you had experience in Python versus Java versus, I'm not a programmer, so I'm gonna stop there before I say- You're well, good. <laughs> you're um, good. <laughs> on the other side, if they, if you have a certification, list it. And if you are studying for your next one, list it and put in progress. So mm -hmm. if you already have your CompTIA A+, and you're going after your CompTIA Net+, or your CCNA from Cisco, you already have one, so you've got a milestone to brag on, and you're in the process of studying for another. So you should be able to bring some of that key terminology into an interview and say, you know, I'm not certified. I'm expected to be certified here in the next three to six months, but I've already started looking at router implementation and configuration. I've done some troubleshooting labs online. Um, you can still brag about things that you just read about the morning of, as long as you are confident in that definition and you're okay with letting them know that you don't know the deeper questions yet. Right, right. Well, hopefully you guys listening at home on your daily commute, taking note, well, not while you're driving, but while you're on your daily commute, taking note of all these tips and all these things Antoinette is saying. We're going to wrap it here because we are definitely cutting with time. But I guess I want to just ask towards the end. So besides, you know, these certifications, like all these trainings and making sure, you know, you're helping people out here be those career changers and being comfortable with like the new careers that they are finally in. What do you believe, you know, for Antoinette, what do you think you have in store in like the next five years? Oh, um, it could be loaded. I, Sorry about that loaded question. <laughs> no, I have absolute plans to embrace remote networking. Um, mm. If anybody's popped into my YouTube or you do in the next couple days. Follow uh, her on my teacher training, <laughs> subscribe. I have a lot of videos about how I get to work from some amazing places around the world and it's all because of technology. Um, mm. So there's a couple videos I visited and worked in Australia and from France and a couple other countries. Um, in Europe and didn't have to take PTO because the internet works just fine there. Um, <laughs> I just spent a month in Mexico working from the beach, literally taking Zoom calls and had to mute myself because of the sounds of the ocean. Um, so <laughs> I plan to dive headfirst into that lifestyle as much as possible over the next couple of years. Um, maybe possibly relocate permanently-ish. Permanent for me is two to five years for sure. Um, but to somewhere else in the world and really experience that culture while still providing the exact same service. As long as the Wi-Fi is fast and I have a blank background behind me, it can be my office and my home. Wow, that's so great. Well, thank you so much, Antoinette, for joining us today on our series of Techie Talks. We appreciate all the insight you gave us about certifications. And for everyone listening, we have, we'll have all the information if you, if you want to follow Antoinette on youtube instagram you know all the socials you there mm -hmm. and yeah thank y'all so much i appreciate it if you enjoyed the episode be sure to follow us on instagram at dear tech world 
give us a like and comment. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other major platforms. 